back to another episode of Leverage and Beverage, a show about businesses and some of the best beverages on the planet. Uh, today, I have a dear friend, Anthony Perenni. Anthony, how you doing? Doing great, Greg. Yourself? Good, good, good. Um, so, Anz has a very interesting story, um, one where I think a lot of entrepreneurial people and people who kind of branch off um, and kind of do their own thing. Um, so, this is going to talk about courage a lot about you know things things like that and and kind of just branching off in that whole process of what that looks like um so uh maybe just give the people uh your name and company and kind of the what what you do sure um so my name is anthony parenti um my company's name is omnia basketball academy uh we've been running for a little bit over a year now um and our as of right now our main focus is just training basketball players from young to you know, older on in their experience and their careers, um, the game of basketball and areas that they want to grow in, but, uh, more importantly, helping them develop as people, um, which is our ultimate goal. Gotcha. So it's the basketball is kind of just like the, um, the conduit, if you will, for this larger, larger picture. Yeah. So the word that, that I'll often use is it's the vehicle, um, to get you from one place to another, but it's not the end goal, right? Like at a certain point, the ball stops bouncing. I think that's a Patrick Ewing saying, um, so you gotta, you gotta be able to do something else. You have to be a good person. You have to work hard. There's so many different things that you learn from the sport that carry over to life. Um, so just instilling all those little things of how, how important habits are, how important it is to be, have good time. Like there's so many little things that I've learned from the game that I think are important to share with others. And again, regardless of their age. So Gotcha. And so uh, I'm guessing that that ties somewhat into the name Omnia. Um, so the name actually is a uh, full, full story of it. It's um, it's Latin for all things. So my favorite verse in the Bible is I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength in Philippians 4.13. Um, and that in Latin, when it's translated, the all things is Omnia. Hmm. Um, so the, the idea is you can do whatever. You can do all things um, if you work hard enough for it, if you believe, you know, the little things and you put in the time, you put in the effort, it can be done. So that's kind of the, the basis of it. And I, don't, I just kind of stuck. Good, kind of stuck. good. Um, so I think what's really interesting is when people do this, it's it's the story of, of why, first yep. of all. And then, and then the how, yep. how they kind of where their path started and yep. how they kind of transitioned into this, into this place. Yep. So, um, I think the, why you kind of just explained, you yep. kind of went into, this is, this is the larger purpose. Yep. Um, so maybe let's dig into that. How of, you know, this is my situation before Sure. and either, you know, this, um, this vision for what this was and what it's going to be kind of grew larger than what I was doing previously. Definitely. So maybe give a history of you know where, where you've been sure. and kind of where where you see this head. How far back do you want me to go? Uh so when was your birthday? <laughs> <laughs> Coming up actually. I expect a good gift. Um so I'll I'll start back at like uh I'll I'll go through it pretty quickly. So when I started college, I think most people don't really don't really really know what they want to do. Yeah. Um so when I got there I was a business major um, and just very general. I didn't really know what to do. And I think, I think we, you, I remember sometimes if you help them with the accounting homework, cause I didn't, I didn't do well with that. So that lasted not very long. So I had some soul searching to do, trying to figure out what I wanted. And, uh, about midway through my sophomore year, I figured, Hey, I'm going to try to be a teacher. And, um, for the first, um, eight years of my career, that's what I was. I was a teacher and a coach and I, I loved it. Truthfully, I did. Um, taught language arts. I taught social studies. I taught math for a little bit. I taught gym for a little bit and I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I enjoy, um, the impact that you can have in that position. Um, and I certainly valued it and, um, it, it's just a powerful, powerful position and, uh, being that role model, being that example, being that, um, leader for that next generation is, is, is invaluable to me. So, um, as I, was getting into my sixth year of teaching, I started to feel like my passion was kind of shifting. Um, and I wasn't really sure what it was, but I had been, I had been doing uh, private training for a while that year that I coached at Eastern. Mm. Um, I did a lot of work with our guards uh, just on skill development, but it was more kind of informal after practice. Hey, let's do a couple, a couple drills, things to um, keep you loose and ready for games, those types of settings. And then um, continue to do that at Haddonfield. Uh, where I coach now. And uh, I actually got the opportunity to start doing it uh, with a guy named Tony DeCaro, who runs Fundamental Hoops out of Marlton, who does an unbelievable mm -hmm. job. Um, and I've worked with Tony for years and he is he is really unbelievable what he does and the 
he's just, he's great. So he gave me that opportunity, um, about six years ago, but I started to get a lot of Haddonfield kids that were kind of, uh, interested. So I started doing some things on my own on the side. Uh, and then it just became difficult with the pandemic for me to drive out to Marlton when I was working in Philly all the way back to had, it was, it was just a lot. So, um, I stopped doing them in Marlton and just kind of started doing it on my own and started to realize that it was something that I really, really enjoyed, whether it was individual or small group. Um, it's similar to teaching where it's, you're still teaching. You're just teaching a different content. I'm not teaching about ancient Greece anymore. Right now it's like, all right, well, if you jab step, right, what are your options off of that? So, um, it's still a similar type of thing. And I think my experience as a teacher has helped, but, um, yeah, you, you kind of talked about the courage aspect. So I'll, I'll mention it. I, I quit my teaching job last, uh, or this June. So, um, took the, took the leap to, to go full-time into this as of right now. Um, and we'll see. We'll so, see. Yeah. I want to talk about that mindset for a second, because I think it's something that a lot of people who, a lot of people have ideas, yeah, things they want to do. Yep. And it's typically based on fear that they don't yeah. push and, and do that. Yep. And so I think maybe a, a walk through that mindset of, of some of the emotion of, oh. of what that entails. Yeah. I mean, it's like stress-wise, otherwise, it's there's a lot of things that go into that because um it's like, you know, you're doing this thing for six years, you have some career capital in that, and that yep. you've done it, you know how to do yep. it. You can you can kind of wake up and do it without yeah. thinking. Yeah. Now you're kind of shifting over this thing which you have done, but it's gonna be a more full-time thing. So it's more you have to actively engage your mind to really get into it because it's, everything, everything's new. You've got to figure out what, what to do. Absolutely. Um, so maybe just talk about that process of, you know, what it's like from a mental perspective of going from something, um, from switching a job yeah. to your own venture. Yep. It, yeah. So, so teaching is very interesting. Um, I was at Haddonfield for three years and I taught the same thing. So I taught language arts and social studies my first year there. Um, and then the next two years, it was just language arts, but I taught the same exact thing. Um, and, uh, it, I gotta be careful with how I, how I word this, but I, I felt like I was getting too comfortable hmm. with what I was doing. Um, like I would know. So last two years I taught the same thing four or five times hmm. in a day and the same thing four or five times the next day. So just, it, it just kind of gets repetitive after a while. Um, and again, early on, I loved it. I really, really did. Um, but I just kind of felt again, complacent. And I've, from the very beginning, when I started teaching, I never wanted to, to not be all in on it. Um, so as I started to feel that way, I just started to feel like I was gravitating away from it. And I, that that's a dangerous place for me. Um, if you ever start to get complacent, especially in a job with such so much on the line, like I have 30 kids in a class, it's, if I, you know, take a night off or whatever the case might be, they know it, they feel it, they, they experience it. So do you think that's pretty commonplace for, for, yes. for just across the board for anybody in, in any job? Definitely. Um, but I think that there are jobs that you can kind of get away with it. Mm. Um, and I've seen it in the teaching, uh, teaching profession. I've had teachers that were mentally checked out. I'm sure you have, mm, I'm yeah. sure every listener can think of a specific teacher. Oh yeah. That teacher was checked so out and you count, know it on the count of three. Let's just think all the teachers. <laughs> that's that. what we'll do. Yeah. That's what we'll do. Um, <laughs> you guys are mentally checked out. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's tough, but to get to the emotional aspect of it, it's terrifying. It, it really, really is when you, when you know something so well, when you're so comfortable with something, when, um, I, I mean, I was going to be tenured if I went back in September. So it was like, mm. if I was ever going to do it, it had to be then. So, um, it's terrifying. Um, I think you really get into, I didn't realize how emotional of a person I was until I actually had to like the day that I told my students was like an absolute disaster. Um, I, I was like crying all day. Um, and then the last day of school was pretty bad too. Um, this is, this will be my second, or this was my second time leaving a school. Uh, the first time I just left to go to Haddonfield. Um, and it's emotional. Like it's a lot because yeah. you grow these attachments to these students and I mean, you might never see them again. So, um, it's, it's, it's tough, but, um, I think if you, if you really feel passionately and strongly about what your next steps are, you go for it. Yeah. And I, I think that's, that's kind of the key is sometimes people, they, they don't know what they're passionate about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. So it's almost this, this self-discovery process of, okay, yeah. first, if I'm, if I'm not there, if I'm not, you probably shouldn't leave your job if you don't have anything you're passionate about right. or don't, don't have no vision for what you right. might want to do. Right. Seems just kind of like, um, premature at that point. Mm -hmm. 
but I think that process of discovery of, you know, what do you really want to do? Yeah. And, um, just trying things out. And so you kind of got to try that yep. in both with the teaching thing, yeah. by, um, you know, trying that early on, taking all those classes. Okay. Yep. I kind of like this. I yeah. want to do this. Yep. They did it, but they have a basketball. I kind of like this kind of want to do this. Definitely. And, uh, and the biggest problem people have now is they, they expect to come out of school and just immediately know. True. And, and then not be okay with making transitions. If right. need be. Right. They think, Oh, wow. I must've messed up because yeah. I'm making transitions now. It's like, well, no, that's no. not really the case. No. Um, so, you know, it's an interesting thing, but what you said about the emotional aspect is, is huge. There's yeah. a lot of, a lot of turmoil, yeah. both from, you know, uh, the people you are associating with previously yep. in that job. Yep. And then also the unknown of, of what's to come and, and how am I going to do this? Yep. I think especially starting your own business, um, from one job to another, I think there's somewhat of a security, um, but starting your own business, it's, it's really scary. Like when you go to go full time in it, I mean, even still, like I'm not, I'm not comfortable like living right now. It's just, it's, uh, every day it's like financially, I don't like, can I do this? Is this going to last this long? Like there's just so many questions. Um, but again, if, if I, I think that I would rather, I would rather do something that I loved and enjoy it and really feel like I'm making a difference and live this way, than be really comfortable and not be all in it with it. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, I, I just think whatever, whatever it is that you, if you have the means to do it, do, do what you love. Like if it's something that's obviously beneficial and something that is profitable and you can live off of it, do it, do it. Cause you'll love every day of your life. Yeah. Un uncomfortability is a interesting thing. Yeah. It pushes people to a lot of, you know, it's, it's, it's the same thing for, you know, um, you know, putting yourself out there socially yeah. or, um, or weightlifting you're, oh, yeah. you're putting your body under certain stress yep. so that you come out stronger on the other yep. side. And it's the same thing. It's yep. like a couple of years from now, some of the problems that you might be like, Oh, Hey, you know, how is this going to work from a monetary perspective for the next few months Yeah, in, in a few years, that, that's going to be nothing. Cause yeah. you have that confidence. Hey, listen, yep. I've done this before. I've been here. Exactly. I know how to do this. Exactly. Um, so there's actually, it's actually pretty cool because a lot of overlap between sports and business. Definitely. A Definitely. Lot of overlap. You, see, you see it with athletes all the time. Oh yeah. Like post-career. Yes. Cause they, I mean, they're, they're, I think that the other aspect of it is the competitiveness of it. Mm. Um, and just the, like just the hat, the work habits that you have to have, I think they're established in, sure. can be established in sports. I, I believe really, really firmly that as a kid, it is so valuable to play some sport, um, whether it's, you know, some, it, doesn't, who, who, it doesn't matter what it is, but I think just the discipline of, Hey, I have practice at 8am. I have to wake up right now. Mm. That translates to, Hey, I have work at 9am. I have to wake up right now. Just there's so many working together as a team, the timing things, the work habits, the the little details of, hey, this is what I have to do in order to be good. It translates to both business, to life, to the classroom. It just, they're invaluable. Do you think that nowadays um, that across the board, maybe both in in school, mm -hmm. maybe you've seen some of this yep. in, in, in sports as well as business, it seems to be like there's this mentality that we don't want people to lose. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, but I think that's extremely problematic. Yeah. yeah I completely agree. Everything that I've learned in sports and in business, yep. a lot of it, you get some from winning, but yes. a lot of it comes from losing. Yes. Like, yes. like, wait, I'm not strong enough in the paint. So I got to do something. I, something's got to change. Yeah. No, you're completely right. I think, uh, I mean, this is like a, a funny conversation. I think people are having of the, um, participation trophies thing. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's a, that's a whole other discussion, <laughs> but, but I think that you're seeing a lot of that. I think, uh, um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's gotten worse since the pandemic. Cause I think that there was so much leeway that was given. I'm speaking specifically from like the classroom, um, where I'd have students that would come up to me and say, so I taught sixth grade, um, Mr. Prenti, I couldn't do my homework last night because I had a soccer practice. And I'd be like, so what do you want me to do? It's like, can I still get credit for it? It's like, no, you didn't do it. But I just think that there's this mentality of, well, I, I don't even know what the entitlement, whatever, whatever you want to call it. It's just, I, I do feel like there's a, there's an aspect of it that people just expect things to be done for them hmm. because, and maybe that's, maybe that stems from, Hey, I didn't win but I still got a trophy. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't even know if I'm really answering that question, well, well, but well, definitely. Yeah, but it's also like in, in school when people, um, and you saw inklings of this, even when we were in grade school and yeah. stuff is 
um, it, it, the focus sometimes was not always on, am I learning something? Am I learning something that I can use yeah. in the real world? It yeah. was, oh, did I get a hundred on that test? Yeah, that's did get, very true. Did I get an A? Very which, true. Which, I mean, you look at so many business owners nowadays and it's not that they weren't hard workers. It was just, they didn't have the right vehicle. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Much the way you're talking about here is teaching was right at some point. Yeah. It's not the right vehicle anymore. Yeah. Um, but I think that, you know, I think there's too much emphasis on that. And again, it's not going to be everyone's forte. Yeah. And uh, people can still learn a ton. Yes. Without like even post post college. Yeah. I was taking courses online. Mm-hmm. I wasn't getting credit for them. I was right. just doing it because I wanted to I like learn that. that subject. I like that. And so it's, I don't know. I think there has to be, I don't know. And I don't know how to do it necessarily, but there has to be some push back towards that in my opinion. Yeah. I, I, I do completely agree with you that I think that the end result is much more emphasized than the actual process, right? Like speaking of what you mentioned about grades, it's like, did I get a hundred on it? It's like, even if you did, do you actually know what we learned? Like, could you apply it to the next step? Uh, which I do think is, you know, doing a little segue for teachers. I think it's so important that as a teacher that you're actually applying what you're doing to like a real life situation rather than just checking the box. Like Greg got a hundred on his test. Congrats. You get a sticker. No, but right. like, no, do you know how to utilize that figurative language and create something? There's my little language arts spin, but um <laughs> Whatever the case might be. Yeah. And even for like context, I remember in, in, in um high school taking like calc and pre-cal. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm kind of going through the motions here, but like what's the larger context? Yep. It's like why was calculus invented yeah. originally? Like what what, what problems was it, it to yeah. solve? And, Very true. And that wasn't like taught. And I was like, well, if I had that context, yep. now me actually going and doing it probably has a much uh, it makes much more sense to me. And that's interesting because that speaking specifically in math, like then that would start tying into like you're teaching also history, mm. but you're, I just feel like you would also be grabbing kids and helping them understand a little bit more. So that's, that's an interesting concept. I like that. Well, and the thing too, is like everything now is like taught in silos, at least from what I can see, mm-hmm. meaning, okay, well, here's math, here's science. When there's so much interplay between yeah. those things, it's yep. like, well, the history of math, yes. or, or like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, um, talking about some of these great mathematicians yep. and yep. what's the history around all that? Yep. Like, why was, why were they doing these things back then? Yeah. Um, it would be helpful to break down some of those walls between some of the subjects, I think. Given Gooden Haddonfield a shout out here, they call that cross-curricular learning. So they'll do a lot of different um, things where we're reading a book in language arts that's called Gilgamesh that -hmm. takes place in ancient Mesopotamia at the same time they're learning about Mesopotamia and social studies. So they go from language arts where they're reading about this character and then understanding more of his context and who he was and what that era was like in social studies. And I knew that they do similar things in math and in science. Um, but I think more of that, the better, oh, yeah. right? The more of that, the better. Absolutely. So they can actually, I, it, it is a tough thing to do, especially at a larger scale. When you have four different classes with older students um, and just the, the, the demands of the curriculum are tough, um, but it could be done. It definitely could be done. Um, so maybe let's dive now into, you know, some of this, business building process yeah. that you've been undergoing for, you know, the past several years yep. in, in some ways, but yep. then now much more heavily over the past couple months specifically. Yeah. Um, so what's that look like for you? Maybe just tell us like some stories or, or things that, that you've had to go through, like, like, wow, I got to figure out what the next step is or, or anything along those lines. Yeah. I, um, I, I think that the toughest time of it is, um, the teaching when I was teaching and doing it at the same time, Mm. um, time management was the toughest part of it for me. Um, that's always something that I kind of struggle with, um, when I was young and still struggle with now, um, just having to be regimented. So typically I'd get to school about seven, seven 15 every day. Um, and then we could not leave the building. Students dismissed at two fifty, but the, the teachers were uh, contracted to be in until three fifteen. So that was typically my time um, to just kind of wind down and not do anything. Right? I would eat, I'd listen to a podcast, watch a, wh- whatever I was doing, um, but I wasn't doing anything. My first workout would typically start at four o'clock, so I'd leave the school building at like three thirty, get to the court, get ready, get loose, whatever the case might be. Start at four o'clock, then I'd have a five o'clock, then I have a six o'clock. Then I'd go home and then just the time management aspect of, I have to grade essays. I have to grade homework and have to respond to parent emails. I'd have to, 
prepare for the meetings that I have, the IEP meetings that I have tomorrow mm -hmm. and then plan for the workout. So time management became really, really important. Um, that, that was the, that was the tough aspect of it. Um, but the, the growth comes from like, like you kind of mentioned is the uncomfortability of it. At first I was like, there's no way I can do that. Right. There's, I just don't have enough time, but you'd be surprised at the things that you're able to do when you actually feel like you have to, or you feel like you really want to. Um, so that, that growth of just what, what you're able to, to actually accomplish and actually get done and balance. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm still young. So like, I don't have a, no wife, no kids, uh, no spouse. So I'm, I'm able to kind of just do my own thing. Like I don't have to come home and help, help my son with his homework or whatever the case might be. So I know different people's situations are different. Um, but, um, you can kind of see how that that problem kind of compounds. Yeah, the, the further you get into life, but definitely more relationships, definitely more important relationships. Yeah, and, and that's why I felt like if I was going to do this, it, ha it had to be right now. It had right. to be. Um, but yeah, talk. I mean, talking more about the growth aspect of it is um, my my big next step uh, that this is going to have to eventually take is the majority of my work. Are, yeah, I would say ninety five percent of the workouts take place outdoors. Mm. Um, um, whether that's, you know, I go to a court near the player or the player comes near me. Um, but on days like last night, I had to cancel the workout because it was started raining. Um, and on days, sometimes it's just too wet or too cold and, or too windy or whatever. And from a business perspective that hits because it's like, Hey, listen, this is how I'm getting paid now. Yeah. It's not like some side thing. That no, this is it. Like I gotta, I gotta eat. I need to have this workout to keep the lights on. I mean, you probably think about weather more than you ever have before. Yes. I, I have never checked the weather app more than, like you said, more than I do now. Um, so we, um, yeah, the next big thing would be to, to get a gym, whether that, you know, wherever that might be. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, ha I'm just having faith, walking my faith that something will come up and, um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. So there's gotta be something about basketball itself too that drew you in. I mean, it's not like you're running a football camp or yeah, something definitely. like that, you know? So maybe you speak to that a little bit. So the whole, the whole thing is, like you said before, basketball is yep. the vehicle. Yep. Um, and so, um, you know, I, I still, I like certain elements of basketball culture. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's very prevalent, especially in today's very. society. It's growing a lot. Very. So the viewership of the NBA yep. is up about 5% every year yep. continuously. Yep. So what do you think it is about basketball for you? And then basketball in a broader context sure. of, of how people are plugging into that. Sure. Um, so I'll start with, I'll start with me. Uh, basketball was always just like my thing. Um, I'm not really sure why, um, my mom's side of the family, I'm the only one who plays basketball. My dad's side of the family was all football. Um, so I don't really know why I gravitated toward basketball, but since I was a kid, like my mom has pictures of me in my pajamas dunking on a Nerf hoop at like two and a half or three years old, whatever. Um, and it's just kind of always been what I've gravitated to. Uh, and it really never wavered. There was times where I liked, I played football, I played soccer, I played other sports and I enjoyed them. But my, my love for was always for basketball. Um, obviously playing at Eastern and then um, graduating, getting right into coaching. I just didn't know exactly how I could use it. Um, but I think that the reason I love it so much, A, it's fast paced. Um, B, it's, it's super competitive. And I think you have to be really good at a lot of things. I think there's other sports where you can get away with, uh, I'm going to throw some other sports under the bus, but you yeah, can please do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You can be really, really good at making tackles and not be able to catch a ball and sure. still be a great football player. You can be unbelievable at throwing a baseball really hard yeah, or throwing it with a lot of curve or being a great pitcher and not be able to swing or not be that fast or wh whatever the case might be. I think in basketball, you have to be at least good at everything. Um, because if not, you can be taken advantage of, hmm. um, and there's only five of you on, on the floor. So, and there's certainly other sports that are similar in that sense, but this is the one that I gravitated to. Um, and I think the reason that it's part of the reason why it's blowing up, um, and I've been using this metaphor a little bit is, um, uh, it's not scripted hmm. and it's so creative. It's very, it's, it's very difficult and challenging to be, to show your creativity on a football field or on a baseball field, um, soccer field is definitely, is, you definitely can, um, on a tennis court. Like there's just in, in basketball, you can, you can do something that you like you've never seen before with you have, when you have the ball in your hands, right. In football, you, you tuck it, you run, you avoid people do whatever you can. But I just think basketball gives you the opportunity 
to not just show your personality, but also yeah. show creativity. It's art, right? It's not, it's you, you, this is what I've been saying. Oftentimes you Post go up poetry. Emotion. It's exactly right. You show up to a play and the actors have the exact things that they're supposed to say at the exact moments. Basketball is not that. And it's trending more and more away from that, right? You're it's positionless. It's free flowing and thanks, thankful for the warriors for kind of setting this trend. Mm. Um, but it's just kind of like here, Greg, you have a mismatch, go score. Yeah, figure it out. And if not, help side comes, make that next pat. It just, it's, it's just fun. It's I, I can artistic. Tell you what, one of the least favorite things I had when playing basketball was when, um, and I've, I've had this at various points throughout my career when coaches involved would just be like, hey, and they would give you a play every time yep. on the court. I'm like, that's not fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yep. like, yeah, I mean, I, I want to win, of course, but like, you know, you, you want that freedom to mm-hmm. use your creativity to be in the moment and to make those moves as you see fit you're, you're the one in the game you right know what i mean you right. want to be able to do that and you and trusting yourself enough to do that yep. some agency about i have the ability to do this i want to get better at this and i want yep. to do this yep um and like uh i don't know i think you're absolutely right though as far as the the shift of the sport yeah and you know it's like the stephen curry effect it's one it's, of many effects which, which i'm that. sure you run into um a lot with your training yeah it's basically hey kids you know layup lines like no we just want to we're shoot shooting threes. fadeaway threes yeah and turning our backs before the ball goes in <laughs> and doing the night night after i make a free throw it's just yeah it's it's pretty funny there i mean he is he he's i don't think there's ever been an impact on a sport more than him um for a lot of reasons but the the i, I forget what mark jackson called it something like the pandemic of bad shots or something like that uh you go you go into any high school gym or elementary middle school gym in the country all you're seeing is people shooting ridiculous threes. Um, Cause that's what, that's what the NBA is trending to because Steph has changed the game so much and the Warriors have changed the game so much, but um, they, it, it's just falling in love with that shot, but not knowing how difficult it is to get to that point. Maybe, maybe you've seen, um, uh, shit, what was it? The, um, the video of the kid and his other kid, two high schoolers, I think. Okay. And they basically go back and oh, forth, just hitting ridiculous threes. But they're, they're like, it's not even like, oh, like a couple corner shots. It's yeah. literally yep. half court shots, yep. back to back to yep. back to back to yep. back to back. Yep. And no one you, else you, the ball. you have eight players who yeah. are just doing absolutely nothing. Yep. Yep. I mean, obviously, an unbelievable display of of shooting and talent for them. Yeah. But the other, like you said, the, I don't know if this was an all star game or I have no idea, but I have seen it and. I think I think uh, I go on a little a little. Do you remember uh, Jacob Clark from yes. Eastern? Yeah. So him and I have talked about this a couple of times. Just the state of basketball is in a scary place. How so? Um, things like that. I think the popularization of Instagram and and TikTok and things like that hmm. make. So this is the great part about basketball is it can be so artistic, but I think if it's taken too far. And just you take, ca- you take 70 dribbles to get to the basket. It's like this, I don't even know what this is anymore. Um, so it, I, I just think, I think that there's a balance that has to be made of um, the purity of it, but also incorporating creativity, but not just, just, you know, do whatever you want and dribble a thousand times. Yeah, absolutely. We, we're seeing this in beer right now Yeah, in the exact same way yep. in that, you know, back in the day you had the, the, um, Reinskabat, which is the German purity law, is basically okay. saying you only had these um, three, and then changed to four ingredients can be used in beer. Okay, so those are ba- that was like the guideline that was set, right? Which is basically like basketball in the fifties and sixties yeah. and seventies. Like yep. get, get the ball to the postmen, yep. let them make a move. Yep. We'll shoot if we're open, exactly, and that's pretty much it. Yep. Um, but now it's getting more creative yep. in that people are introducing things into beer that have never been there before. Yeah, and it's like to your point about, you know, yeah, there's this artistry there and it's cool. You're introducing new things, yep. but at what point does it cease to be beer? Yeah. And at what point does it cease to be basketball? <laughs> yes. You know, you're right. Um, so it's, it's really interesting just to, to think about yeah. that for a second, because yeah. even in basketball, like I, I remember growing up that the post game was, was huge yeah. and I had to kind of learn some of that to yep. incorporate that. Yep. And even like, being strong mm-hmm. and weightlifting used to be yep. a huge component, huge, which it still is to mm-hmm. some degree. But like, I mean, look at like players like Kevin Durant, yeah, 
who, you know, yeah, he's what, 6'11? Yeah. But, you know, there's a whole thing about he couldn't bench like 135. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. okay, well, maybe I didn't have to, you know, <laughs> yeah, be doing that as much as I thought I had to be. You know right. what I mean? Right. So it, I don't know. It's a really, really uh, a crossroads for sure. It is. It is. It's a, it's a, it's an interesting discussion. Um, but then you do get, it's just so it's it's just the change and the shift of things um like like we talked about or like you just mentioned with the way that post players play and then we have discussions like this about the and i think these will always go the great teams from the past versus the great teams from the present Mm. um i heard somebody talk about like the 2001 lakers versus the 2018 warriors with the Shaq and kobe yeah and people are like yeah nobody could guard Shaq." but then on the flip of that is Shaq couldn't guard anybody Shaq would be getting absolutely killed on the defensive end um, yeah. in pick and roll situations. So it just the the shift of the way that things and it, it, are. And it's people always try to compare, but it's so hard you to can't, compare. You can't. You can't. Because, yeah, you can't. You can't even compare like that 2001 team to the 1980s teams because the style is so different. Right. It, I mean, it's so much fun to do that. Oh, Jordan wouldn't, what, like whatever. Jordan would average 60 in today's game. Um, and I think those conversations are awesome. Um, but at the, at the crux of it, you can't. Yeah, you can yeah um so let's bring this back to omnia for a second yeah um so maybe tell the people here um what are some of the offerings that you do so basically sure. the, the breakdown of you know this is what i i charge for individual sessions yep. uh kind of group sessions do you do yep. maybe other larger um you know camps and stuff like sure. that sure um so um at, at its base it's small individual or individual or small group trainings um one to four is typically the wheelhouse that I like to keep it in just because if it gets more than that, um, I, you're not a, you're not getting as much reps. You're not getting as much attention. And I don't think you're getting as much teaching. Mm. Um, and I think that in any, anything that you're teaching, I think there's lessons to be learned on every single repetition that you do. Even if you've done it really, really well, I think you deserve to know that you did it really, really well. And if there's five or six people, um, say, say I'm working with you and, you know, Steve, uh, you do a great rep. So I give you that, but I'm like looking at you, letting you know, Hey, Greg, you did a great job with that. And I miss Steve's rep. So in a large group, there's much more of that happening mm-hmm. rather than just one or two. So, um, what, uh, individual session is 45. Uh, and these, these prices are somewhat possible to change in the near future. Um, but individuals are 45 typically. Um, and then that goes to 40 for groups of two or three and then 35 per, per, uh, athlete in groups of four, um, in terms of some, some of the larger things, uh, I have a camp that's actually starting on Monday that I'm really, okay, really, cool. yeah. really, really excited about. Um, I wasn't sure if I was going to do it this summer or next summer and then kind of spur of the moment in June, I was like, you know what, let's just do it. My mom kind of pushed me and was like, what are you waiting for? You don't have a job. Like you, you gotta, you gotta go. Well, well yeah, hold on. Let's, let's, let's park the bus right there. <laughs> sure. Cause I, I want to get into that camp for a second, but yeah, yeah. that th- this is the stuff I want to talk about because yeah. <laughs> it's so much related to the mindset. It's like, there's almost like this, especially people who take pride in what they do. Yep. There's this slight, I won't call it necessarily procrastination, but yeah. this like, you're right. You, you know, I know it, exactly it's like, I, oh, I, oh, I gotta make sure it's right before I launch it. And then it's like, You're exactly right. I mean, the same thing happened with, with this podcast. Yeah. Initially I was like, okay, well I gotta have like a full production team and do that. Yeah. I was like, well, no, wait, I yeah. just gotta get the first one out and then it'll kind of roll from there. Yep. Um, so I don't know. Let's kind of talk, no, talk right. about that I, for what, what that, what that is. My exact, that is. my exact mindset was I'm not ready, mm. but for the last two summers I've run camps just with Tony DeCaro. Right. So I've done a week of camp for him. I've done now this summer, I did two weeks of camp. And it ran very smoothly, I, I, I hope. Um, so um, I, I just, I don't know. Like you said, I just felt like, hey, I'm not ready yet. I still have some some things that I want to work on and make sure that I'm able to get. Um, and um, she was just like, why? What do you wait? Like, you got to you got to do this. That's and, good. Yeah. And shout out, mom. Uh, you are right. At this point, I uh, my the number that I was going to set at was 25. I got to 25 in like a week and a half. Hmm. Um, and we start on Monday and we're getting close to 40. Um, and uh, at this point, like I ordered 45 shirts uh, for all the counselors. I don't know if I have enough shirts for everybody. So hmm. we're getting really, really close, just making sure that everyone fits. Um, so I have some people like waiting. Um, hopefully by the time uh, we get to Monday, everything's resolved and we'll figure it out. But um, 
I mean, just like anything else, there's going to be fears. There's going to be anxiety. There's going to be like maybe some procrastination, but just and, it's and, worth doing. And this is like case one business study right here because yep. it's like now going forward, it's like when you second guess doing something, you're like, whoa, last yep. time I did that and yep. I ended up doing it. Look how it turned out. Exactly. And so some of that will start to kind of fade yep. over time. Yep. Um, but it, it, it's crazy because I've been through the same thing. I, I like things to be a certain way. Yep. I want to make sure that things go well. And so when push comes to shove, sometimes you kind of feel yourself backing off the gas yeah. at the exact time. And you really have to be pushing down a little harder. You got to go. You got to go. Um, so, okay. Back, back to the camp. So the camp's sure. coming up. Yeah. And yeah. So it's, um, I forgot where I was going with it, but it, yeah, it's Monday. Um, it's going to be at the Marlton field house. And, uh, I'm really, really excited for it. We'll have, we have a great, uh, stamp of our staff of counselors that are going to be working with us. Um, I'm just excited for a great week. It's going to be, it's the first one ever. Um, I'm sure, you know, I'll be learning along the way. Um, but I'm up for, I'm excited for a great week. So, uh, one of the things you mentioned was the attention to these individuals. Sure. Um, and that's very important. Yep. I mean, even in the classroom, yep. anywhere, yep. people want to, they want feedback in sure. order to, to learn. Yeah. That's kind of what we're all after. Yep. So how does this happen from a, from a growth perspective when someone's coming to you and say, hey, I want, I want Anthony to, to train with my, my child or, sure. um, at a certain point with the scale of things is going to make that prohibitive or it's going to be yeah. more difficult. Yep. Um, what, what do you kind of see happening there? Uh, it's a great question. So, um, I, I think it's, it's interesting in, in what I'm doing, depending on who I'm with, um, I have much, much more access with them. Hmm. Um, what I mean by that is, um, some of the younger players that I work with, I have no idea how they play in games. Um, because I, there are players that look great in workouts, right? but in that game setting, doesn't it, translate. it doesn't translate and vice versa. There's kids that like, for whatever reason, they just don't, it doesn't, it doesn't happen, but they're just gamers. They just, they just play really, really well in games. Hmm. Um, so I always like to get the feedback from when they're younger, from their parents. Um, so you're at every game, you see them, tell me what, it, what that's like so that we know what we can work on. And then also with them. And I think it's important that they understand that, that growth mindset of, Hey, I'm not good at this. Okay. Well, this is what it's going to take to get there. And yes, you might be good at this now. Let's get great at it. Like continue to work. Um, and what I've started to do over the summer with some of our, so I work with a lot of high school players at mm -hmm. Haddonfield that we coach with, um, you know, a SWOT analysis. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I started doing SWOT analysis with our Good. players um, and just, Hey, these are your strengths for, for those it's yeah. SWOT strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, the strengths. Hey, you're really good at X, Y, or Z. You know what? I'm going to give a shout out to uh, Sam. If Sam's listening, uh, send him his yesterday, his strengths. He's an unbelievable shooter. He's a lefty. So he gets to his left hand really easily and he's very comfortable with it. So those are your strengths. Some of your weaknesses, you got to get a little bit stronger. We got to get a little bit more comfortable with our right hand and we got to just be a little tighter with our handle. The opportunities are areas that you can get a lot better at. And I think things that will really benefit you. So he's a great shooter and teams will know it. They're going to fly out at him. Great. Let's get really good at a one dribble pull up. Let's get really good at attacking the rim off of that. And then threats are the things that if I'm the opposing coach, I'm using this against you. I'm forcing you right the entire time. I'm making you guard post players, um, whatever the case might be. So, mm. Hey, those are the things that we need to work on. Uh, but that's me understanding the players really, really well. So one of my goals now, now that I'm full-time with this is to get to at least one game for every single one of the athletes that I, that I work with so that I can actually see it, hmm. right? Like not just see you in a workout where you might be great. And obviously we want you to be great, but how does it translate, as you mentioned, to the game setting, which is the ultimate goal, of course. Yeah. Um, so uh, maybe let's talk vision for a second. Yeah. So um, we're in this phase right now where you do individual training. Yep. We do small group stuff. Yep. We do camps. And then in, in the future, you know, you mentioned sure. some of the other tie-ins with, yep. you know, developing not just players, but, but people as well. Yeah. So what is the larger scope of like organization wise sure. of what you, you kind of see? So here's my, uh, here's my 10 year, 10 year plan for it. Um, my, uh, my heart's always been for inner city kids. Hmm. Um, and I grew up in Philly and, uh, my dad's family is from right outside DC and PG County. Um, so my ultimate goal is to have three Omnia locations, one in center or not center city, but somewhere in, in Philadelphia. One in Seat Pleasant, Maryland, which is where my dad's family's from, and one in this South Jersey area, where yes, we help you work with basketball, but we also offer tutoring, mentorship. If you need food, we've got you. 
if you need a clothes, what, if you need your clothes washed, whatever the case might be, we, we can help you out with any way, shape or form. So the word again is basketball is a vehicle. It's going to get you here, but we want it to be a very small percentage of it, mm. right? Like the kids that I can't tell you how many students and how many athletes and how many people I would see it coming through when I was teaching in Philly that just didn't have the resources, didn't have the opportunity. Um, and I tell this story to my, to my Haddonfield students of, um, my mom taught in Philly, um, blanking on, I think Barry middle school, if I remember correctly, she had like 36 kids in her class Mm. and had two math textbooks for 36 kids. Um, which uh, I mean, just doesn't, just doesn't even make any sense. Um, then my first year teaching my first a student teaching job was at Woodrow Wilson in uh, middle school in, in uh, North Philadelphia and um, taught math and none of the kids had books, just the teacher had a book. So I asked, you know, what were the books, whatever the case might be. She took me to the uh, book, the book room where all the books would be. It was literally empty. There wasn't a single book in there. And then I get to Haddonfield and um, I taught language arts. If I needed to order more books, I could, I could order more books but we already had hundreds of books that we didn't even use. Oh, I have an entire library of books that if you finish your test early, yeah, borrow one of my books. Um, so just the accessibility of having things hmm. is, is drastic. And um, I want to do my part and have others around me that are interested and willing to do their part to make sure that students and kids get equal opportunity and maybe get a little better at basketball too. Yeah. So one of the things I always talk about, especially on this podcast is like inefficiencies. Yeah. And that's typically where there's business opportunities is whenever there's inefficiencies. Um, like one thing that's always kind of, you know, got me in a tizzy is where you go into the city sometimes and Mm -hmm. you see, you know, homeless people that like begging for food or whatever resources wise. But then, you know, you go to a restaurant and they threw food. They they're throw throwing like, yeah. like, like catering companies are throwing like yep. trays and trays yep. and trays. And it's yep. like, like, you know what I mean? Like, yep. like, Oh, because they're afraid they're going to get sued. I, I, you know what I mean? Like yep. st- stuff like that. Yep. And I'm like, there has to be some efficient way yeah. to get that, those resources yep. to these people. And you think about it in a, in a world like today, um, there are so many needless things. It's, yep. it's just these inefficiencies and failure to connect the dots. Yeah. That's which well is why why things remain that's the way well they said. are in certain certain ways. Um, that's why it's awesome. What you're, what you kind of, we talked about this kind of beforehand is just the connections that can be made. Sure. And just putting, hey, I didn't know that this person, that this person, boom, connection, helping people, right? So this is part of the podcast. That's awesome. Yeah, and I think I think part of that is communication. Yeah. Like in, in, even in like you're talking about like in the cities where people don't have access to things. Yep. It's like that some problem isn't being communicated properly to somebody else right. or in someone who can help is not completely aware of the yes. problem. Yep. And um, I don't know. So again, part of the podcast is, is to really look at businesses and, and their, follow their growth over time, yep. but also to make connections in the business community yep. and basically plug different businesses into each other where they can help with some of these inefficiencies. Yeah. Um, well, maybe let's let's pause for a break real quick. Sure. Uh, typically, you know, we'll drink like beer or uh, you know whiskey on one of these shows and kind of talk about tasting notes. But today, our and maybe appropriately so, our um, our drink is water. W O O D E R. That is correct. Um, so maybe let's just talk about it. And you were talking to me before about how much water you drink, <laughs> uh, especially <laughs> because we're in the summer now with yeah. weather being the way it is, yeah. and. Uh, for obviously, you know, you must sweat a lot outside in it some of those warm. training camps. So it is warm. T- talk about talk about what water means to you, oh. and and I guess maybe yeah. also the importance of how that ties in with your athletes and some of the performance issues there. Yeah, sure. Um, so I um, I have a big uh, Yeti water bottle that I bring with me, um, and I forget the exact numbers, but um, I have to drink like two and three quarters of it to get to a gallon. But my daily goal is three and a half mm. um, because I do sweat a lot. Um, How much? Uh, I don't measure it, but I will. I'll get back to you on that one. Cool, cool, cool. Um, but, but one of the one of the things I do is I bring like five or six shirts with me. 
Mm. Um, so then I'll just change them after every workout. Cause I've, I've noticed that I just don't like having like that big sweat. So I'm like, all right, I yeah. gotta change. you sound, sound like the Philly fanatic. I saw an interview with him one oh time and he says he goes through like six shirts at night I'm sure. in that costume, yeah. but yeah. yeah, back to back to your story. Yeah. So it's, uh, I, just a lot of shirts. So, um, I'm really, really fortunate though. Where I do my workouts is right around the corner from my grandparents' house. Mm. Um, so they, they call it my pit stop where I'll go in. I like take a quick shower in more ways than one. I yes. guess yeah. <laughs> yeah. my own words there. Um, so it's, um, I'll just go in, take a quick shower. They always have food for me. They're, they're unbelievable. Uh, and I fill up my water bottle and they kind of know that's kind of my routine. Sometimes I have a little bit longer than others. Sometimes I'll have like an hour in between and just sit and relax a little bit. Um, that's super nice. It's awesome. They, I mean, it's, it's literally a three minute drive from where I do the workout. So and it's yeah. in between there and, uh, my house. So it's, it's awesome. So I just pop in and they're completely, um, completely okay with me going in kind of at any time, whether they're there or not there. Um, so it's, it's been great. And, uh, yeah, I drink, I drink a ton of water and to get to what, what you talked about with just the, the athletes, I think the older athletes start to under, understand how important it is because it's been pushed for such a long time. Um, but for some of the younger ones, it, it's a hard, um, for them to, cause I know, I know myself, I was the same way. I would lose water bottles all the time. Mm. So like having one with you at all times is tough because they're out playing and they're running around and their drink of choice is probably soda mm. or iced tea. And that's usually dehydrating you. So we've had some issues this summer of, um, you know, players showing up and not being hydrated enough. Um, and they start the workout and you know it right away because like you mentioned, it's hot out. So if you're not hydrated coming into it, you're probably not going to get hydrated during it because mm -hmm. you're already sweating so much. Um, so we've had conversations about that. Like, Hey, make sure you're drinking that water beforehand. Like I want you to be, be sure that you're doing so. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's, it's, it's just extremely, extremely important thing. Um, and something that I certainly don't take for granted, the access to water that we have. How about, um, how about tasting those? Like, are you particular no. about like the type of water you have? Um, I know some people are, but no, like... I'm not, I'm not particular. Um, as I take a sip right now, I am, uh, I get made fun of a lot for this. I actually much prefer room temperature water. Mm. Like even like I won't put ice in my water on most, most times. Um, especially not when I'm, when I play or I'm sweating a lot. Um, if I'm sitting around, I'll have ice water, but if I am, if I'm like sweating, I want, I want room temperature water. Yeah. I'd like, I'd say the way I would describe my water is like room temperature, but like slightly cooler. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Just, just, just under enough. room temperature. Just enough. Because I, I know what you mean. If you have like, I don't know, a cup of and like the ice cubes come down and hit you in the face I and, that. and like, it's just too cold in your teeth sometimes yeah. too. And you can't drink as much. I don't know. It's just, it's I'm, I'm with you there. Yeah. Um, I, I think room temperature water is underrated. I agree. I agree. We should start a petition. Yeah. Yeah. Out of the who we'd send it to, but we'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, we'll figure it out. Uh, no, but it's, it's, it's good. I, I don't have like a preference to the waters. Um, I'll, uh, I do like the Essentia water, but mm. I don't know if I actually like it or if I just like the bottle. The, yeah. I, I can't really tell. The bottles get you sometimes. They like do. That, like that Fiji one. It kind of makes you feel like you're, you're, you be, you're like, cool or something. Or like you're, you're going about to go on vacation. That's, or, yep. Yep. Or like, like that. It. You ever see the boss? boss uh, uh the, yes they have a glass right or wait i know i think forgetting. i think it is glass yeah or right maybe they have plastic ones too but it's like a looks like a uh yes a can of yes hairspray or something yes um, um <laughs> there is there's one that i've seen that's it like a carton of water i saw that that's that to me i don't think i'll ever buy that yeah i don't <laughs> I think i'm gonna pass on that one yeah um, i, I kind of get the same vibe with that as i do with like paper straws you know what i mean it's like i don't i don't worse. i don't want my I don't think my liquids in like something that can like fall apart <laughs> as you're drinking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, um, yeah. I, I not, not really a preference. Um, but I, I do, I do try to drink a lot of it. And I think as, as I'm aging, that's like all I'm, all I drink now is just mm -hmm. a ton of water. Um, I used to be like a big milk person. I used to love chocolate milk, glass of milk, whatever. I just, it's just water now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, from a business perspective, when we take a look at some of the things we've talked about today, sure, you also have some real hard, tangible business principles to apply. So things like marketing, yep. Um, even in what you do, there's there's aspects of sales, yep. Um, you know, 
um, and how that translates to relationships and eventually how that sure. translates to revenue for you. Sure. Um, what thought processes have you, have you given to some of that stuff? And, um, you know, so far in your journey, what, one of those things has really stuck out as a, as a point of leverage that's really given you a, a platform to, to move forward. Sure. Um, what I'm realizing is I really don't know very much about the business aspect of things at all. So, um, it has been, it's been exciting to learn so much because mm-hmm. I feel like I'm learning stuff every day. Um, and I'm just trying to study and find as many resources as I can, because I, I, I think I'm, you know, good enough at the basketball aspect that, you know, I'd like to continue to grow and learn with that. And like you said, learning is, is so, so important, but the, the business aspect is new to me. So figuring those things out and understanding them. And I think the thing that I've learned most along the way is be okay failing, like things are going to fail, um, and just kind of going along with them. Um, to get to the marketing aspect of it, social media is incredible. Hmm. It, it is, um, it's incredible. And I think that's the best way to advertise social media and word of mouth. If you're doing things well, if you're doing things right, word of mouth will, will, you know, maintain it. So, yeah, I, I think, I think you're right in both those regards. I think, especially for certain types of businesses yeah. where you're, um, it's a, a product or service that people are actively seeking. Yes. And so if people want their kids to be the next athlete, this yep. is obviously something that they're seeking. Yeah. I want proper training. I want this. Yep. And that can really have like a wildfire type Absolutely. effect in the social media. Absolutely. Realm. At the same time, I think you're exactly right on the personal introduction stuff, yeah. the referral stuff. Yep. It's huge. Word of mouth. Yep. And I almost think that that is undervalued yeah. it today. Yep. I think people... That was huge probably about 10 years ago right. before like the huge social it was like, this is the best way yep. to get from one business or to get into different potential clientele yeah. or whatever it is. Yep. But today I think people almost solely rely on social media with, which, which can have be yeah. great. Yeah. But I almost think that the word of mouth aspect is, is, is undervalued at I this agree. point. I agree. It's um, I was trying to figure out the best way to do a referral uh, program to incentivize, Hey, you know, I just had a, a great workout. I want to tell somebody, or I want to post it or whatever the case might be. Um, and just the figuring out the best way to go about it. Um, but it is, it's a, it's a challenging thing to kind of figure out and to, to balance. Um, but you're right. It is, it is powerful. The, just the, just the word of mouth when you, I just think when you do something well and you are invested in it, people mm-hmm. are going to, people are going to know that. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I lost my train of thought. The uh, <laughs> as as far as you know, some of the other tangible stuff like you know, website building yeah. and some of the really practical things. Yeah. Um, are you are you? I don't know. Do you are you by yourself right now? Do you have other employees? No. Yeah. So it's just me as an employee. But my uh, my cousin uh, Jordan does unbelievable work with his uh, with I'm not sure exactly what he would what he would call it, but he designed my entire website. Mm. Um, I think it looks I think it looks great. Um, again, a lot of compliments from it and I'm starting to learn those things as we go along. Um, but, uh, I, he's done a lot of my graphic design. He's done a lot of different things. Uh, and again, I'm starting to get to do it a little bit more. Um, because again, that's part of the business and it's fun to do and mm. it's something that's new. So, um, and now I have, I have more time to do it now. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, a lot of the things that like the Instagram graphics, the um, the videos, the uh, a lot. I mean, he was doing just about everything for me, um, and uh, I he's he just was very very busy. And a lot of the things that I've kind of learned of just like, hey, well, I have to do this soon, and it's not going to get done so, unless I do it. So that's, um, a, that's a weird pill to swallow, isn't it? It is. Well, it's like it's like even when you talk about earlier about the time management thing, it's like even in that you had this time management problem, but it's like, you're like, all you have to do is really show up. Yeah. And yeah. now it's like, you have, you have time management stuff, but it's like, you, it's not like you're plugging into someone else's account. You have to make no. your own schedule. Yes. Like what's, who's doing this? Oh, I'm doing it. Yes. Who's, who's doing all the the design stuff? Oh, I'm going to do it. Right. Or I, I know somebody close who's going to do it, but, right. I, but I still have to direct them on exactly. how to do it. Exactly. So it's, I don't know. It's a lot of responsibility. And yeah. I think, um, for anybody listening, I think that's that's huge, and it, it's cool to take that on. Yeah. And at first, it'll feel like a lot, mm-hmm. but after a while, you kind of get used to it, and it really is kind of intoxicating because with that responsibility, 
you, it's a tremendous amount of power that you can wield in kind of crafting your own vision for the future. Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben. Nice. Spider-Man yeah. reference for like all you Marvel fans out there. Yeah, nice. Um, but um, maybe anything else that you think is important for everyone to know about Omnia, either as part of your mission, as part of your vision, as far as upcoming events that you are really trying to get some exposure for, um, any, sure. anything really. Um, yeah, I, I mean, the the camp... You know, a week a week ago, I would have said, you know, all in for the camp. But at, uh, praise God, we're um, pretty much full. Um, so that's I look forward to next summer and having multiple camp, multiple weeks of camps um, across a lot of different grades. So I'm really looking forward to that. But the um, I we I talked to uh, um, our players. I had a couple of workouts with some of our high school players today. We are 103 days away from the first. Mm. Uh, if you're in New Jersey, um, tryouts for basketball. Uh, for high school. So it's, it's coming fast. Um, so if you ever, uh, workouts with me, uh, you can find the website is Omnia basketball, um, academy.com. And, um, you can contact me also on email at Omnia basketball at gmail.com. Um, but the next big event I'm partnering with Marlton assembly of God, a church in Marlton, and we're going to do a, a back to school event for, um, kids up in Newark, New Jersey. So I'm really, really excited about that. As I mentioned, my, you know, my heart is, is really for, um, inner city kids and just the giving them the ability to, uh, have the resources and have, you know, just what every, every kid should have. So we're going to do some sort of a book bag drive, something to, uh, raise, uh, to make sure that everyone is going back to school with what they, what they need backpack, erasers, pencils, pens, whatever the case might be. Um, so I'll keep you updated with that and cool. Um, still figuring out some final things, but yeah, man. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask about was when you kind of go off on your own yep. and there's like these, you kind of have to naturally build a network. Sure. You, you obviously can't do everything. So you have to kind of pull people in with, yep. for their strengths. Yep. How have you gone about that? Cause I'm everyone have had on kind of has done it slightly differently. Sure. I'm kind of just curious how you've, how you've navigated those waters. So, um, that's the, that's an interesting part. Um, as of right now, Omnia is just me. Um, I've kind of had the the thought process until I feel like I can't do everything, then I'll get somebody on. Uh, and I certainly want to, I, the hope is that we, we get to that point. But the, the big thing is I think finding people that are aligned with your mission. Mm. Um, and I think that my mission is very, very specific. Um, that I, again, I love basketball, but I don't want it to be the everything. It shouldn't be right. Um, because as I mentioned, that ball stops bouncing. Well, I want you to be learning the, the skills and the tools that are going to apply to life, not just putting a, a ball into a basket. Um, so finding people that are aligned in the vision of that is, is vital to me. Um, so still figuring out, um, how that next steps will be, whether that'll be, you know, employees, con independent contractors, whatever, whatever it is. Um, so for this, this will be actually be my first event with having someone else. We'll have some great counselors. Um, I mentioned, um, and just finding people that you trust. So, mm -hmm. um, I just have, there's four of us or five of us that are going to be at camp. Um, one great coach and three great players. Um, and I'm really looking forward to having them. And just, again, people that you trust that are dedicated to the same things that you are. Um, and I know that they're in it for the right reasons. And, um, yeah, I think I think branching out as well because there are a lot of people that do uh, similar trainings that I do, um, and just kind of connecting with people. So going out of your way, I'm I'm not the most um, social person. I'm definitely more introverted. So um, we talked about being uncomfortable, and those situations can be uncomfortable. Going to introduce yourself to somebody that doesn't know you, but you know of them, or whatever the case might be, because you don't know what could come of it. Mm. Um, so. Again, I hope I answered that question. No, yeah. Um, and then I guess a question I've kind of had, sure. and we've talked about this before, yeah. but like I think it's an interesting conversation is, um, you know, role model wise, mm -hmm. and people who were, uh, you know, foundational in getting you where you are today. Sure. Both from a basketball perspective, yep. as well as a business perspective. Sure. Maybe there's some overlap there, but who can you think about? I mean, I obviously have my people who I 
who I look up to in yep. some of these regards, but who are some of those people for you? And then maybe some advice on people who are in a spot where they're thinking about launching yep. that where they might find mentorship. Yeah, sure. So um, I'm really fortunate uh, in my family. I have a, several, several family members that I've looked up to that started their own business that were in similar situations that were in, in jobs and took the leap. Um, none probably more influential than my mom. Um, she was in a great position and a vice president of a company that she had worked at and quit and started her own job, uh, started her own business. And, um, she had a lot more responsibilities than I had. Mm. Obviously she had me, she had a house. Like I was, I was going to Haddonfield high school at that time. It was, there was just a lot going on. Um, and if I felt like if she, um, had the wherewithal to, to be able to do that, then I could too. And she was kind of my biggest motivator and she still is my biggest motivator. Um, just to kind of get started, uh, in terms of the training, this might, this might bring you back a little bit. Do you remember Steve Tyson from Eastern? Oh yeah. So, um, he worked with me basically the entire freshman going into sophomore year. And we worked out every single day. So um, I think I started to really enjoy it then and the attention to detail and the teaching and all of those little things um, in terms of that, in terms of the teaching, which I, again, was a huge part of my life for seven years. Um, I want to give a shout out to um, my, one of my high school teachers, Mr. Coughlin, who just taught me the impact that just being um, I don't even know what the word would be, but caring there it is just being caring about your students, um, could be, he, um, I remember pretty vividly, uh, he wasn't like a huge basketball fan. I think he was more of a baseball guy, but showed up to one of our basketball games and like talked to me after the game. Mm -hmm. And that just meant that as a high school kid, that meant the world to me. Mm -hmm. And I, I just remember like very vividly what, listening and paying attention and working super hard for him. Cause I knew he cared about me. Um, so understanding that, um, and then, um, to kind of start Omnia and get rolling a person I've actually never met, never even met before. Uh, his name is Jamil Cannon. He does a boxing, um, very similar to what my vision would be in Chicago, but it's boxing. Mm. Um, and he, uh, had some issues with, with his anger growing up, but boxing really helped him like find his path. And, um, he said that there's just so many kids that make bad decisions when they're angry because they don't know how to handle it. Um, because they have all these, you know, these, this trauma that they have from growing up or whatever the case might be. So seeing him doing what he does in Chicago, um, kind of gave me the idea that, Hey, maybe I could do something like that with basketball. So, mm. um, yeah, those would be, those would be my main role models. Um, people that I look up to and, um, yeah. yeah man. Cool. Cool. Um, and then kind of at the end here, as we're, as we're kind of closing up, I'd like to do a quick question round, sure. kind of run through a few things that are real, uh, quick feedback on them and Love see, it. um, you know, what's kind of going on in your mind there. Love it. Um, so this is kind of a general question, but feel free to answer it however you want. What's the coolest thing you've seen lately that could be in, in your field, outside your field, just anything that's kind of really struck you. Uh, coolest thing I've seen lately. Um, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to give a plug. One of the younger players that I work with. Um, really struggled with using their left hand on a layup mm. and they made five in a row the other day. Whoa. I was really fired up about <laughs> that. That is cool. Um, and it, it's, it's not an easy, I mean, you, you know, it. you actually, you don't know it. you're ambidextrous. <laughs> uh, but, but as a young player using your opposite hand, it's really challenging. So, um, that's, that's, I don't know. Yeah, that would, that would, that would be it. Cool. Um, what tools do you use? That can be like a, a physical tool. Sure. It can be, um, you know, a, a social media tool. It yep. can be like a, uh, you know, a digital tool, um, that you, you currently use today. Could you not live without my iPad? No, no, no doubt. Yeah. I use, I use it for, for everything. Um, I didn't realize how, I didn't realize how, uh, how much I used it until, uh, you didn't have it. You broke it earlier. I didn't break it. <laughs> I left it on, um, as, as students transition into the class, oftentimes. I oh, you told me this story. Yeah. So, I left it on a desk and next thing I know it was face down on the floor and mm. shattered and broken. So I went like a couple weeks without it. Um, and I, I, first of all, I didn't like the way I was feeling cause I felt like I was dependent on it, which wasn't good. But, um, once I, once I got it fixed and figured it out, I use it for everything. I use it for my workouts. I use it for planning camps. I use it yeah. for, you know, emails and I watch videos and podcast ever. I, I just, it's basically always on, got it. um, whatever the case might be. Cool. Um, 
And then what are the most transformational changes you're looking to make over the next 90 days or so? Transformational changes. That can be like personal stuff or can be business stuff. Wow. But things that like you've identified as, hey, these are some things that I think are kind of next on the docket as far as needing to address. Yeah. What are some of those things for you? Um, so I'm going to say this to try to motivate myself a little bit. Um, some pu- I, public accountability. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Please, please hold me accountable. Um, I, I was never a big reader. Mm. Um, e- even as like a, I taught language arts. I just, I, I would read because I had to. Mm. Um, but then I started to really enjoy it for whatever reason this summer I've read like, and one of my goals is to read 30 minutes a day. And I just haven't. So I'm calling myself out. Um, I have a great book. I'm ready. I'm excited to read Fahrenheit 451. It's wait, nice. It's, it's waiting. Ray for Bradbury. Me. Yep. Uh, read about my boy Montag. Um, so I started at the very beginning of the summer and haven't gotten back to it. Um, I have so many books that are like piled and ready to go. Um, I think we spoke about this. You had Dune on the docket, right? I, this, I've started it three times yeah. and just kind of get lost well, yeah. in it. I, I just finished it, dude. Or yeah. I finished it a few months ago. The it's first all, one? It's awesome. Yeah. Well, it's like, I guess for, for my version, it was all three of the first books Got it. in one. Got it. So it was like this thousand page tome yeah. of, yeah. you know, but um, that's a lot. It's awesome, dude. It's, yeah. it's, it's so good. And I've had the same thing in the past. Like reading is one of the things I love, but you know, if you go periods and I think probably people feel this more nowadays than they mm-hmm. ever have before where they get distracted. It's hard. Yep. You get so much instant gratification from phones yeah. and digital stuff. Yeah, absolutely. If you try to transition back, you're like, this isn't the same. No. Let me go back. Yep. But if you break that, break in that muscle. Yep. And like you're saying, do it for X amount of time per yep. day. Yep. It's it's so enjoyable. It yeah. really, really is. Yep. Uh, but yeah, we'll definitely um put a post out to, to keep you accountable. Please. I want people stopping me on the street. Did you read today? <laughs> uh, no, it's uh it, and it, like you said, it's, it's definitely very enjoyable. And I think that there's, there needs to be time in our modern day lives without screens where we're just doing something that's not related uh, to it. And books give us a great opportunity to do that. Sure. Um, and then finally, what is your favorite beverage? I mean, I can't stray from, from what's, what's kept me alive the last <laughs> couple of weeks. Water, water for sure. Um, I really, really enjoy I, I just, I just really like having water. Hell yeah. I um, like that. Yeah, man. Um, okay. Well, um, you know, thanks for coming on Ant. Yeah, I, I really appreciate you coming out. This was fun. It's pretty cool to see some of the stuff you're working on building. Um, so again, I know you plugged some of the stuff before, but Definitely. feel free to, to plug it again and let any uh, people know any final thoughts you have. Sure. Yeah. So, um, you can, uh, uh always reach me via email at Omnia O M N I A. Uh, basketball at gmail.com. And then the website is omniabasketball.com. Um, you know, our, our name is Omnia Basketball Academy. Um, I'm pretty sure you just Google it. It comes right up, but um, looking to continue to grow and continue to build. And um, some of the workouts are going to be um, pretty ready to go for September mm-hmm. and October. Um, and they sell out usually pretty quick. Um, so we're still figuring out groups versus individual and some things like that, but, um, really, really excited for what, some of the things that we have in the fall and we're, we're going to have that three on three tournament again. Oh yeah. The goal is on October. So cool. Um, probably have an adult one and a youth one. Yeah. Um, so I hope, I hope you're ready to go. Cool stuff, man. Looking forward to it. Yeah, man. Thanks so much for listening to the show this week. If you are not yet a subscriber, please go and hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, and all major platforms, and you'll get notifications whenever new episodes are posted. If you want to write to us, our email is leverageandbeverage at gmail.com. And if you follow us on Instagram, it's at leverageandbeverage. I'm Greg Sobosinski, and you'll be listening to Leverage and Beverage. As always, keep pushing forward one sip at a time. <laughs>